Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast. My name is Isaac. And my name is Brian, and this is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise, from the anime to the movies to the models to the manga to the music, you name it, we do it all. Isn't that right, Isaac? That's absolutely right. And today will be our first time doing something very special, Brian. What are we doing today? We're going to take a series that we hated and rewrite it. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, you got to call it how it is. <laughs> they call him Blunt Brian on the forums. <laughs> it's been a rough week, so but the gloves are off, listeners. <laughs> We're starting the year with, with boldness. <laughs> That's right. So, listeners, if you've listened the last few weeks, we covered um, the seminal Gundam Wing uh, however, Isaac and I did not really enjoy it too much, you know, to be frank. But we don't think it needs to be that way. I think it's a solid premise with a few tweaks. I think it could be a really good show, right, Isaac? Brian, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's a fixer-upper. And today, we're a script-writing team of salvagers. And we're going <laughs> to salvage this rotting, rusted carcass and try to turn it into something serviceable, enjoyable, and different. While I was doing this rewrite, Isaac, I was wondering something. And it, it dawned on me, and I, I went and consulted with our mutual friend who uh, really loves Gundam Wing. Oh, boy. And he agreed. So, you know, Netflix just, they're putting out the live-action Gundam movie. They they got a lot of the series on there now. They seem to be the U.S. destination for Gundam. Why are they not asking Sunrise for a reboot of Wing, you know, based on the glory of the Losers manga with modern animation? That would kill in the in the millennial market. And Netflix is putting out all these anime, and a lot of them are, you know, maybe not very good. <laughs> the people who grew up on Gundam Wing are in the range now where they're paying for Netflix. I don't know. I feel like that's a no-brainer, Isaac. I mean, sure, but at the same time, I wouldn't put the onus on, on Netflix. Like, the, the weight and the responsibility, I doubt there's, like, a committee at Netflix that's like, well, we reviewed the lore, and... <laughs> And the previous types of series that you have in this whole Gundam genre. Have you thought of rebooting this one specific series from the <laughs> 90s? Netflix doesn't care. They're just going to pump out or, you know, stream whatever content Sunrise gives them and, you know, call it a day. Whatever they get on their platform, they know the Gundam fans will go there. Especially since their numbers just are monolithic compared to, like, Funimation or any other streaming platform. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's someone's job over there to look into new anime, and this one seems like a, a slam dunk to me, but what do I know? <laughs> I'm just a guy with a microphone. You're more than that, Brian, because today <laughs> you're going to tell us your rewrite for Gundam Wing, and if there's time, Gundam Wing Endless Waltz. All right, who should go first? Isaac, you want me to go first? I would love for you to go first. <laughs> All right, so here we go. <clears throat> I got five pages written about this bad boy, so let's see how oh my far God. we get. <laughs> pages he did it by hand folks you hear that was it in cursive too <laughs> <laughs> no but i i actually recently uh, just wrote in cursive again i wrote a letter to my son from santa wow his first year where he could really understand who santa was so i wrote him a note and i figured i needed to make it look different so i wrote it in cursive because he'd never seen cursive before <laughs> so. i was about to say his mind's probably blown he's probably like oh my god santa can like write in magic words <laughs> <laughs> he he showed very little interest in, in the letter and of course. More interest in the fact that Santa had eaten the cookies. So, Well, he's got his priorities straight. Let me just say that. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. He knows sweets when he sees them. <laughs> uh, all right. To me, this is this is more of a, of a light touch rewrite. I didn't want to scrap the whole thing and start wow. completely from scratch. I tried to fix what was there. What did you call me? A salvager? So we're going to salvage. All yeah. right. 
so I'm going to break this into two halves, the first half and second half. In the first half, we got the first act. I'm going to call it Operation Meteor. So the story opens with the Gundam boys descending to Earth in a coordinated Operation Meteor drop akin to the first episode of Gundam Seed, where the pilots take turns saying, for Zaft, for Zaft, for Zaft. Do you remember that episode, Isaac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, weren't they going to Heliopolis? Yeah, they were going to Heliopolis. Not <laughs> Earth, but it showed sure. you that they were uh, united in, in some some sort of goal. <laughs> They're actually in communication, unlike the Gundam pilots in Gundam <laughs> Wing. <laughs> right, and in Gundam Wing, they would just kind of like randomly meandered to Earth on the same day, seemingly. Yeah. I mean, I understand there may be some clarification in other media, but from what you saw, it just seemed like they kind of just all decided to fly there on the same day. Anyway, yeah. in my version, the boys are all wearing uh, white fang uniforms. Oh, wow. And the Gundams have white fang insignias on them so that we realize they are all operatives of white fang. Wow. And as they descend upon Earth, cans and the engineers monitor the drop in the colonies. Course. So this, number one, gives the boys some common ground, and two, sets up White Fang right from the beginning, which will help clarify the plot overall and resolves that ridiculous constraint that somehow the engineers who build the Gundams can't figure out a way to communicate with each other on the colonies, despite the fact that they can build the most advanced machines <laughs> that <laughs> humanity has ever seen. They can't somehow build a radio that, that works on a frequency that's not somehow blocked. And so from there, I think that Zex can shoot down Hero, and he can meet Relina in kind of the same fashion. Once on Earth, the boys all have to attend a school, potentially Relina's Academy, as part of their cover. I would also age them up a little bit to college freshmen. I think 15 is too young. 18 and 19 is still heartthrob status and like more reasonable for them to do what they are doing slash have jobs. This school setting <laughs> will create our, our central hub for the first half for the boys to interact so we can get to know them better. They can get to know themselves better. Interesting. <laughs> it sort of commits to a format that the show was like circling but never really committed to. They don't even have to know each other's names before school, Isaac. I think it would be interesting if they just called each other by their unit numbers. You know, that maybe before school they just called Hero, like, number one. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a sinister organization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, they can still go off and attack their own targets kind of at will. Uh, otherwise, it'd be too easy to find. Right. We can then proceed through Zex's acquisition of the Tall Geese and Trace's coup with minimal changes, I think. The one change I would make here, Isaac, is I would introduce Dorothy here a lot earlier on than we saw her in the show. Okay. I would have her tag along with Trey's, learning the ropes or, like, being his intern. Wow. So, like, a civilian intern or is she an officer here from the get-go? No, I think she's, you know, an officer in training, whatever the equivalent of, like, an intern <laughs> officer <What> is. A- <laughs> I mean, Rama Filler's a little, like, Oz is a little weird, right? It's not a... Right. Like, is there a level to this? Like, like Dermale's, like, rubbing... Wait, you said Ze- he sh- she's shadowing Zex or Trace? Trace, Trace, yeah. Oh, okay. Whoops. I thought you said Zex <laughs> for a second. I was like, wow, Dermale's really rubbing in Zex's face like, you know, I wiped out your family. Oh. You know, my, by the way, my granddaughter will be your, your attache for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting there. Don't worry. Okay, Trace. Okay. That makes much more sense. Yeah, they're related <laughs> anyways. So, okay. Yeah, exactly. I figure it, was, it goes along with the idea that someday Dermale thinks that she would ascend to some, you know, reasonable position of power after he's right. gone. So that'd be Act 2, and then Act 3 would be regrouping in space. So after the coup, the boys would try to return to space like in the original show, but while in route, Cans and Deckham or whoever, whoever your bad guy is, I'll say this in terms of Endless Waltz, Isaac, I think overall that Cans and Deckham are fairly interchangeable. Um, so whoever you're going to pick for this show, whether it's Cans or Deckham, one of those guys needs to be your bad guy in this spot. Whoever they are decides to try to drop a colony under the logic that the boys have failed 
and this is the only option left for revenge for the assassination of Hiro Yui and the completion of Operation Meteor. The engineers then foil this plan. Perhaps they introduce some software lock on all the colonies, preventing drop maneuvers. <laughs> in retaliation, Cans jails all the engineers and disavows the Gundam boys, leaving them sort of stranded in space with nowhere to go. Oz then brokers peace, and Cans uh, accepts while he figures out how to get around the colony drop lock and or make new Gundams or some other type of weapon. So this continues to clarify the plot, and you know, and setting up Cans is in the spotlight a lot earlier on. Like, if he's going to be my big bad at the end, Isaac, I need to see him earlier than like ep- what did we you know like episode 30 something right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> guy in a guy in a vest shows up and starts giving orders and you're like what's happening you're like, who are you what is this show what am i watching <laughs> what is white fang <laughs> <laughs> so this also solves the problem of why didn't cans try to drop a colony sooner like if that was originally part of operation meteor you know if you go read what operation meteor was supposed to be the gundams are kind of an afterthought it's kind of like let's launch all these colonies and then the Gundams will go massacre people. And it's kind of like, well, do you really need to massacre people if you drop all those colonies? So, you know, <laughs> I'm still waiting for my colony drop. Like, wh- they don't have to, like, not do that just because After the Gundam boys left. After we detonate the nukes, we'll send in the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, just in well... case there's any left. Because you, you watch the show and then you think, okay, Operation Meteor is the Gundams. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, it's, it's, it was supposed to be a colony. But it's kind of like, well, why didn't they just do it anyway? Yeah. If you don't like the Gundam boys, well, guess what? Good, they're on Earth, and you can, you're going to launch the colony to Earth. You might you might get them too. They never really, well, maybe there is in the manga, but I just assumed my head canon was Keynes is the colony loyalist. He does not want to drop a single colony, as insane and you know evil as he kind of got. Barton though, he only cares about power. He drop one colony, drop ten, as long as he ends up being the ruler. Yeah. So that's that's why I imagine they had a a divergence of opinion. But see, and that could very well be true. Again, having not read all the side stories, <laughs> I'm trying to be a typical fan here, listeners. I'm the guy that that watched Gundam Wing on Cartoon Network. None of that headcanon was provided in the show, and if it was, it was very subtle, and I must have missed it. Right? I mean. Right. Yeah. And then on Oz's end. Dermail has no intention of keeping this peace that he's been bro- has been uh, brokered with cans, and he intends to subjugate uh, the colonies once enough mobile dolls are ready. This is important because it sets Oz and Ramafeller on a collision course with White Fang at the end of the first half. Now I know what my conflict is going to be going into the second half. I need that pivot to come before the last ten episodes, so I think this is this is where you want to do it. And I think you okay. could introduce Tuberov, the mobile dolls, and Wing Zero, kind of all with minimal changes. Up to this point. I think it's been a fairly light touch. So here's where I'm going to deviate a little bit harder. Buckle up. <laughs> here, we, here we go, <laughs> listeners. Get ready. <laughs> uh, so in the second half, the first act is going to be the Saint Kingdom. So with nowhere else to go, the boys head back to the Saint Kingdom for refuge with Relina, who they know now very well since they all attended the Academy. Of course. They replace their White Fang insignias with Saint Kingdom insignias and become the Knights of the Saint Kingdom. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So as Oz plans to attack the Saint Kingdom, Trey steps down in protest with the mobile dolls. Dorothy seizes this opportunity and leads the attack on the Saint Kingdom in his place. Holy shit. Utilizing all her knowledge she gained while going to the Academy and everything that she learned from Trey's from being her, his, uh, what did you call it? Attaché? <laughs> yeah. And it, like you said, further rubs it in Zex's face because now she's, you know, her dad already blew up his family once. Now she's going to do it again. Sure. <laughs> uh, so here we assume that the boys are depleted in terms of Gundams, uh, similar to the show, and Oz overruns the Saint Kingdom, pretty much kind of like what happened. And when Relina surrenders, Noin causes some sort of diversion and allows the boys to hastily escape. In whatever way that gets them in where they need to be in line with what happened in the show, 
you know, there's some people go so many different places in the show, Isaac, at different times. It was hard to like mm-hmm. remember. I'm thinking in like broad broad terms here, right? So if if you're listening to this and you think, well, that's not where this person was at this certain time, well, that's fine. We're just gonna have to change it so it works very slightly. Because in every episode, they were like stealing a tanker, stealing a helix, stealing a plane. You know, one of them can just steal a plane two episodes earlier, and it'll work out. Wait, Brian, does Noin go down with the ship? She goes down with the same kingdom? No, 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 no. I have big plans oh, for okay. Noin, Isaac. So Noin is taken into Oz custody along with oh, Sandrock no. and Heavy Arms because she created the diversion for the boys to leave. So before escaping, though, we have a lot of work to do here on the Relina and Hero relationship, Isaac. <laughs> There's no scene, Brian, in your version where Relina stands on the beach looking at the sunset and calls for <laughs> Hero to kill her. Um, you know what? You can have that, but you just got to do some extra stuff. So if we're really going to commit to this Relina and Hero thing, I need it to be a little better, Isaac. What we had wasn't sufficient for me. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to set up something for later. So once Hero has Wing Zero from Zex, perhaps either Hero gets stuck in the Zero system, or she sees it's taking like a toll on him, so she becomes like a, like a co-pilot. Not actually going anywhere, but maybe just plugging in to the zero system while he's also in the zero system to kind of get him out or to pull him out so they can kind of share the mental load if that makes sense so while he's also plugged in their minds connect in a very intimate way that they reach a deeper level of understanding with one another you know some sort of empathetic understanding much more similar to like a new type connection than anything the show had oh no maybe you could say their minds are compatible or something but we'd have to come up with a reason why Relina would do this perhaps the rest of the boys have already left and she's the only person uh, there with sort of the strongest chance of surviving going into the zero system because she's younger or perhaps they did some sort of analysis and you know her her mind seems like it'll be compatible or something some sort of pseudoscience explanation is fine they just needed communication just communication is <laughs> exactly the song hits and you know boom mm-hmm. you're off rhythm emotional <laughs> <laughs> so she's successful in pulling hero out of it and now he knows how to better navigate zero we'll say that having two minds even for a while, spreads spreads out the data load intake on Hero's mind sufficiently for his mind to be able to learn to pick and choose uh, what data to use and not to use so as to not be overwhelmed in the future. And this also helps explain why Hero gets better over time in terms of tolerating the, Z- the Zero system than Zex does. And then, so that's going to set up what's going on with Zex. So then, Act 2, we're going to get to the moon, Isaac. So remember in the moon, we were upset that not too much happened on the moon in the show. Despite the freaking mobile doll factory being on the moon. <laughs> the massive size of the moon, yeah. <laughs> Probably the biggest military asset in the whole show. So I'm going to have a much bigger battle on the moon in this version. White Fang is going to take over the moon mobile doll factory, but since the factory is critical to Oz's success, Oz will not let it go so easily, and they try harder to get it back. Potentially, they're going to deploy Barge, uh, the space Ooh. fortress. And if once they realize, Isaac, that they potentially cannot get it back, they're just going to attempt to destroy the factory. With what? Barge? With Barge, yes. Oh, okay. So this would require White Fang to destroy Barge earlier, but I think that makes sense for Oz to use its best asset, which is Barge, uh, to save its plan, which is the mobile dolls. I was a little, like, weirded out that they didn't, like, prevent the mobile dolls from falling into White Fang's hands more effectively in the show. I think Trey should take all of that blame because he was so anti-barge, right? Like that cannon was just diametrically opposed to how he does things. But (laughs) 
you know, if Dermay was really running the show, I think Barge would have been sniping colonies left and right, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. Can you can you imagine if listeners, if you're Isaac watching Gundam Wing, you were just waiting for that Barge cannon to fire, and like it, that moment never really came. <laughs> Pretty much, I was just sitting watching TV, eating soda and popcorn with my little Oz uniform, just waiting for Dermail to give the order. <laughs> Every episode, he's like, "Ah, oh, come on!" <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? The situation's deteriorating. <laughs> So all all the space meandering before the final battle can kind of be re- relocated around this moon plot. So then Trey's sees this happening, so he uses the chaos on the moon as a distraction and uses his Oz connections to free Noin and take the Gundams to Howard on Earth. Tuberoff and Dermail are going to be killed in a similar fashion to the show, but perhaps, Isaac, before dying, we see that Dorothy has inherited control of the mobile dolls from Tuberoff, maybe via some screen text or something, some sort of, you know, computer thing that we read on the screen sure and however we also see that once tuberov's heart stops a program is activated in the mobile doll factory <laughs> what do you mean his heart stops well i'm just saying there's there's <laughs> oh a... <laughs> it's synced to his oh right, i see what yes. you mean it, like it's synced to his like pacemaker or something correct it basically this thing that was programmed to go live if and when he died I thought you meant there's like just a scene where like the situation is so stressful we just see Tuberov kind of slump over. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, like he died via like a heart attack? No, no, no. Yeah, no. just the diet of uh, you know custards and, <laughs> and, and root beer flows just it did him in. <laughs> like White Fang just had to hold out long enough for for, for the the root beer to to get to get him. <laughs> He just couldn't take it, no matter how puffy he made his uniform. It just <laughs> that he couldn't, he said, his heart couldn't take it in Brian's rewrite. <laughs> but in this version, Isaac, if White Fang killed him now, it would be way more believable, I think, than than in in the actual show, because they kind of just show up and kill him right away, and you're like, well, who are those guys? That that was a little random. But you know, now they've been in the show a while. I feel like it feels a little more natural for them to take out Tuberoff, who's you know one of their best contributors, right? Yeah. I think I mentioned this in the the recording, but like the engineers never really referred to him and he never really referred to the engineers, I guess. Mm. Well, they they never knew each other, right? Yeah. Okay. They're in the colonies. They they would never cross paths at any point. Didn't seem like it, but that that could be a good subplot. Maybe he used to, you know, be pals with the engineers and then he went a different way or something. Just based on his uniform, I assume he's at least partially aristocratic. His name probably has some weight. It's just that he studied science for weapons. <laughs> yeah, maybe the engineers kicked him out because of his fashion. Yeah, that too. Or I don't know. They they wouldn't sit at the same tables at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> they came in with their lab coats and he came in with his aristocratic clothes and they were like, this isn't going to work out too rough. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sit with us. Fine. I'm going to go sit with Dermail. <laughs> Oh, so the White Fang scientists who have now taken over the mobile doll factory, they see this new program run and they kind of interpret it as a glitch. But we know that something bigger is afoot, Isaac. Oh, no. So White Fang wins. They take over the moon. They destroy Barge, much like the show. But they can't get control of the dolls since Tuberov has passed control to Dorothy. She sees this as an opportunity to move up a rung and defects from Oz to White Fang after perhaps she brought up that she has control of the uh, dolls to maybe um, the people in Ramafel, or maybe they said, oh, you can give us control, and they, they didn't want to let her have control. So she is she is spurned, and she says, I'm just going to defect and take this power for myself. So I think this is a stepped increase in power for Dorothy, which makes sense. So first she was a Trey's tag-along attaché, then she was the Saint Kingdom invasion in, uh, you know leader, and now Ramafeller is not giving her her due. She's not moving up fast enough, so she defects with the power of the mobile dolls for White Fang. <laughs> Well, can I ask, like, at this point in your rewrite, how many 
dolls does she have compared to like the Rummerfeller kind of run of the mill units? Uh, I would imagine it's it's basically the same as when White Fang took it over in the show. So she's got the Virgos on the verge of the Virgo tube. So pretty sizable. Yeah, yeah. Because but when Tuberov died, he was like pumping those things out, right? They were like max yeah. capacity. Yeah. There were a lot of shocked faces at Romafella headquarters when they saw her packing up and going to space. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, Isaac. So now we're getting into Act Three, the final battle. So White Fang, led by Zex versus Oz, led by Trey's versus the Saint Kingdom, which is essentially the Gundam Boys at this point. So now with their male dead, Tuberov dead, and Dorothy gone. Trace comes back, much like he did in the show, to lead Oz. And while he ousts Relena, he allows Relena to leave with Noin and Howard in secret. And I guess they can take Sally too. So they take the Peace Million and presumably the Gundams, and they, you know, they leave. Cans offers Zex the ability to, to lead White Fang like the show, but now we see that Zex is spending more time in Epion, and it's having a worse and worse effect on him. Maybe instead oh, of sleeping boy. normally, he's only sleeping while plugged into Epion's uh, system. <laughs> is it forcing his hair to turn white <laughs> it may be maybe for a 27 year old man <laughs> he has the same condition as uh annabelle gato does <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know you think annabelle dies it or that's all him uh i don't know maybe that, maybe that's just this fashion i was gonna say because like he's got this thing going on with his sideburns that like nobody else does <laughs> sideburns are just you know they're hip in space man yeah, that's how you do it. I mean, think about it. If sideburns that long, they're going to bounce around in space. It's going to look cool. Gets you all the girls when you have those bouncing sideburns. Especially the blonde ones named Nina. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so Zex, you know, he's got no one to share this burden with, like Hero did with Relina. And so now we also show Dorothy hacking into Epion. Oh, wow. As part of her trying to apply the Epion system to the mobile dolls. So what is she up to, Isaac? I don't know. Is this like remote? Uh, It could be however you want, yeah. Okay. You know, Epion could be in the hangar bay, and she could have it hooked up to some wires or something. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so where I'm going with this is we can then infer that the prolonged exposure to the Epion system is causing Zex to take more extreme actions than he normally would take. Our friend has already told me this. this is his head cannon because I asked him after we were done with the show. I said, well, "Why Zex doesn't make sense to me? Why? Why is he doing this?" And he says his head cannon was because the Epion system was making him crazy. And I was like, "That's great. They should have put that in the show." So I'm just going to yeah. put that in the show. Is this like reaching the point where like Canes and other White Fang leaders are kind of like, uh, <laughs> and like meetings are like they're that they kind of walk on eggshells? <laughs> yeah, I think it needs to be like a noticeable like, oh man, that Zex guy, he's he's kind of like a weird dude, you know? Yeah, it's like really, you want to attack again? Like <laughs> <laughs> we we were just out there, man. Yeah, we have to reorganize our troops. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in addition to that exposure, now he's also you can also infer that he's being influenced by Dorothy. Maybe a Dorothy is making adjustments to his Epion system, guiding him in a in a particular way. So as I stated, I think on our previous podcast, I don't think it makes sense for Zex to kill everyone on Earth or even desire to kill everyone on Earth since the Saint Kingdom is there, uh, even if he was doing this for the greater good of total pacifism. There needs to be a line that he won't cross, but Epion slash Dorothy is pushing him over that line artificially. So then we set the two factions on a collision course, White Fang and Oz, and then the Saint Kingdom is our third faction trying to do damage control. Relina can even do the live stream at the end instead of Lady Oon. We'll get to that in a second. Then we go out with a bang here, Isaac, with our final battle. Oh, boy. So the battle starts. Trace flies into the battle again on the Tall Geese 2, because that was legit. That was a great shot. But this time, I'm going to make his Tall Geese 2 also have the Epion system, Isaac. Hmm. Zex is going to fire at Trace like in the show, but Lady Eun's going to show up and save him in wing. And I think that's fine, though I think she should die. 
I don't think you can take that big hit from Libra and, and survive. I think that's a cheap way out. I think we need Lady Un to die. Wow. I mean, come on. She got hit like right in the chest with the big laser. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, two Rob shot her. <laughs> yeah. She's not doing well, right? You know? She's been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we can replace the rest of her stuff in the story with, with Relina or Sally even. And then having Undie allows me to better accept that Trey's is willing to sacrifice himself later because I didn't like that in the show he was okay with sacrificing himself while Lady Un was still alive waiting for him. So if, if she's gone, like he has one less thing to live for, right? So as the boys with the Gundams need help, the Peace Million shows up and brings with it a better upgraded Sandrock and Heavy Arms and a new Tall Geese for Noin called the Baroness. Oh, the Baroness. Okay, cool. Not sure what it would look like. Maybe a feminine Tall Geese looking thing. You know, you can... Wow go wild with your imagination here sure like a valkyrie there you go yeah something i've i've picked baroness because uh he was the lightning baron right lightning count of course get that you know symmetry there she wants everyone to know that she is his girlfriend <laughs> that's right <laughs> i am banging zex marquee <laughs> yeah. everybody on the battlefield needs to know <laughs> she is his girlfriend it has an insignia on the shield like hands off zex or something you know like or like zex is mine oh god yeah just a heart <laughs> You know, and then if the Peace Million needs to show up sooner, Noin can bring the Gundams later. That's fine. Uh, so Noin and Hero then discuss Zex's actions with Relina, and they agree that something or someone must be coercing him. We know it's the Epion system. I think it's important to have the characters acknowledge that Zex's actions don't make sense. And then Relina can then reveal to Noin how she helped Hero out of the Zero System, implying that Noin may need to help Zex out of the Zero System. Hmm. So, the cannon down, Zex heads out in Epion to take matters into his own hands. Since the mobile dolls are overwhelming on the battlefield, the boys target them and decide they need to make an attempt on assaulting Libra to get to the control center. This places Hero on a collision path with Zex. However, we, we may not get there. The other four boys go to assault Libra. Then, when Dorothy turns on the interface uh, with the dolls to try and turn the tide, uh, remember in the show she you know initiated the Zero system and tried to control him. Right, yeah. But when she turns it on Isaac... Tubarov reappears inside the computer. He has AI'd oh. himself, and he takes control of the mobile dolls and turns them on White Fang, but he's also continuing to attack Oz now. He's essentially fighting for himself. He's now on his own side. Is, is Dorothy, like, strapped to that chair and, like, drooling at the mouth and, like, kind of twitching, or what's, what's going on with her? Worse, he is now taking over Dorothy's mind and using her as his own, you know, vessel uh, because she's connected to him through the Zero System. Huh. I wonder what relationship they had. Well, in mine, it's not a good one, I can tell you. <laughs> Is it the equivalent of, like, running into, like, your grandfather's coworker? You're just kind of like, whatever. Maybe you said, like, three words to them in, like, ten years. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably have to put something in there about that, about why she was given control of the mobile dolls, for sure. So we would need a little more backstory there, I agree. Okay. In order to make that happen, I'd probably have to have it be... A good relationship on the surface, at least as far as Dorothy's concerned, but maybe Tuberov has some axe to grind. Huh. Ultimately, she's a pawn. Yes. No matter what relationship they had. Right. He needed a warm body in that seat, and that's what she did. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Tuberov then kills Cans via Dorothy and gives him a lecture about how he gave all his power to the wrong people. I think this is a fitting end for Cans because he continuously was the one not doing it himself. He's the opposite of Thanos, right? So remember that scene... Thanos grabs the gauntlet and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. I feel yeah. like Cans is the anti-Thanos. <laughs> he tried to get the engineers to do something for him. He tried to get the Gundam boys to do something for him. He tried to get Zex to do something for him. He's tried to get Dorothy to do something for him. Come on, man. <laughs> if you're going to be the dude, it, you know, you got to man up and do it yourself. And so it finally backfires here. Tuberoff now has a, a commanding presence. So he, he kills, I'm going to call it Tuberoff Dorothy, kills uh, Cans. <laughs> Torothy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Torothy. <laughs> 
that's such a good uh, analysis of Kane's. Like, if you think about it, the only time we see him do something, the only time he actually takes out a gun and like fires it in anger, it's against unarmed people. <laughs> yeah, it's against the engineer. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, he's just he's not a fighter. Him and his vest, him and his space vest, and it's probably bulletproof too. But like, he's just so paranoid, he doesn't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Tuberov Dorothy is now still on Libra, so now he has a vested interest in protecting Libra because he has to stay alive, right? This is also fitting for Dorothy because she finally got to the top, right, at White Fang, but it backfires on her, and so she finally gets defeated by the thing she didn't understand but tried to exploit for her own gain. So Tuberov Dorothy is now in control as the boys are fighting the dolls. Uh, he hails Trays on the comms, and this is when Trays realizes that Dorothy has been controlled by Tuberov. This happens during Trey's duel with Wufei, so Trey's cuts the duel short and flees or surrenders by pulling off his own arm and telling Wufei that a real man knows there are more important things, such as saving Dorothy, uh, than the duel, and he shouldn't always try to fight first and you know not be so selfish. So Wufei here learns this valuable lesson. He returns to the battlefield against the Virgos, and this keeps Trey's alive a little bit later. So Hero and Zex have their duel where Hero cuts off Zex's arm, uh, like in the show. So here in the show, this is when Zex volunteered to go like try to blow up Libra, and he kind of disappeared. But in this version of the show, he is still compelled by the Epion system slash the Dorothy system to follow through, so he doesn't offer to blow up Libra. Trey's then comes upon Hero and Zex, and Libra is starting to get close to Earth, so Trey's knows time is running out and that the Zero's rifle is the only thing that can destroy Libra if necessary. He asks Hero to go save Dorothy if possible before that is necessary, because obviously Trey's... You know, Dorothy's still related to Trey's. I don't think Trey's wants to see Dorothy die if he can help it. So Noin then joins and asks Trey's to hold Zex off long enough until she can get there to talk to him down, like Relina said, so maybe she can help him. So Trey's agrees. Relina live streams this to the world, showing Trey's uh, trying to solve everyone's problems nobly and that he values life, such as Dorothy and Zex. Trey says it's a fair fight because they're both now missing an arm on their suits, and Trey's <laughs> and Zex duel to a stalemate with sabers. Noin arrives and gets out of the Baroness. Trey's holds Epion back in time for Noin to open the cockpit because all cockpits are open in the after-colony century, as we learned. And she interfaces with Zex. A Virgo 2 approaches, though, and it's Cans. He's not dead yet, Isaac. He's come to kill Zex. But Trey's blocks the delicate Epion situation with Noin and Zex with his body and takes fatal damage. He gets off a shot that destroys Cans once and for all before heading to Libra to self-destruct and uh, damage the reactor like Zex did in the original. So I think this redeems Zex a bit, gives us the Zex versus Trey's duel we wanted, and gives Trey's a better death. A tall geese versus Epion gives us a corrupted Zex and Epion fighting the purer version of himself that he used to be, uh, which is Trey's and the tall geese. And it also gives Zex a reason to sort of do better or make amends in Endless Waltz. Wow. So Noin frees Zex. They then jettison Epion and self-destruct it on Libra, or otherwise get rid of it. Maybe they send it into the sun as a joke uh, to Endless Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> and then flee in the Baroness. Once Libra's reactor is hit, the Tuberoff Dorothy takes off in a mobile armor, Isaac. We're going to call it the Hydra, because that's the only constellation bigger than the Virgo. Of course. Uh, maybe it combines something from all the Gundams. It's got a bird Hydra mode from wings, Gatlings from heavy arms, Scythe claws from death scythe. Dragon heads look like Ultron's dragon heads, and... Wow. I couldn't think of anything from Sandrock, because you know what, Sandrock? Man, you really need something else on that suit. There's not a lot, <laughs> There's not a lot going for it. <laughs> The Gundam boys team up to defeat it with a knockdown dragout duel where they all use the Zero system and they take orders from Hero. They finally have it restrained and then maybe they cut off all of its heads one by one with Hero ready to take the shot and finish it off, which would mean killing Dorothy. When Relina interfaces with the dolls from onboard Libra, she has experience now from going into the Zero system with with Hero, so she goes in to try to save uh, Dorothy. And in this sort of Zero zero system state or like realm, whatever you want to call it, she shakes Tuberoff off. 
Uh, but then surprisingly, Dorothy attacks her because Dorothy is ashamed that, you know, that Relina had to come to her rescue. But Relina lets Dorothy beat her up until Dorothy admits, you know, that she's, you know, basically a monster and, and wrong about everything and gives in. The dolls fall, no longer being controlled by Dorothy, and Hero decides not to take the shot, which goes along with the series theme of total pacifism. He says mission complete, and then the boys go and they tear apart Libra so that it can burn up during re-entry, and it appears they all go down with Libra, allowing them to be, quote, dead to the world and go out as heroes. Wow. And there you go. That's my Gundam. I'm going to call it Gundam Meteor. I'm not going to call it Gundam Wing because that's a weird title. Wow. (laughs) So... Does it end with Relena becoming the leader? Or, or just a nebulous peace descends? Um, yeah, well, everyone else is pretty much dead. Maybe she doesn't have to be a leader. I don't know. I, I would assume she would hand it over to some democratized system, right? I like how Kane's got a customized Virgo with a cockpit just for him. And it has a blue vest. It's like painted <laughs> with a vest. <laughs> so you're able to identify him. <laughs> Uh, coming to Premium Bandai, the Cans version of the of the Virgo with a vest. You definitely had a superior ending to the original, and I definitely like how you cut out a lot of the filler while at the same time making the school like really <laughs> appropriate <laughs> and actually work, and um, making them communicate from day one so that it wasn't all that nonsense of like looking for each other. And really, the only two that met each other and got along were um, Trilla and and Catra. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and then in my version, they totally like hook up and get together. Oh, it's just so blatant, right? Yeah. yeah. How's that work, though? Like, there's a knock on them, like, their door, and like, hey, we're having a meeting. And they're like, um, we're going to need 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to hire a lot of consultants to get that scene right. All right. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go into your uh, your Endless Waltz? You know, I didn't do an Endless Waltz because I thought oh. that, um, again, Cans and, and Deckham were sort of interchangeable but if i was going to do endless waltz isaac i would do something similar to what i did in our episode is that i would make marimea the actual daughter of trays and lady un both of whom are now dead um in my version and it was just something that un didn't know about they took her away from one of un's personalities that never resurfaced and uh, i would also give barton more he'd have to have something better than serpents right i think i my main endless waltz change would be something around marimea You'd age her up. You'd kind of double down on the whole she's replaceable and there's like multiple Mary Mayas or what? I think I would go the opposite way. In, in my version, she'd really be a Kushranada. Oh, wow. You don't need her to be replaceable. I think I would maybe cut Barton out and maybe make, I don't know. Yeah. Or Barton's the puppet and she's actually, you know, gung-ho about ruling the world. Yeah, some, something like that. Okay. So overall, my goals with, with this fix were I wanted to fix the Gundam Boy's lack of togetherness slash commit to a format to make Hiro and Relina a little bit better in terms of a believable relationship via the Zero system, right? They reached that point of understanding. I just wanted a better clarification on the plot throughout the show. If we're going to do White Fang versus Oz, then let's do White Fang versus Oz. I wanted to give Noin a Gundam or Gundam equivalent, so I gave her the Baroness. I wanted to justify Zex's actions at the end, I uh, wanted to give us a Trey's versus Sex duel, which we didn't get in the show. I wanted Trey's to have a better death than what he did in the show. I thought it was a little anticlimactic. Uh, I had to get my Tuberov AI ending in there, and then we had to have a, a stronger main villain at the end. So that was Tuberov slash Can slash Dorothy. 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 <laughs> Dorothy. <laughs> so there it is, listeners. Hate it. Love it. Let me know in the comments. Comment below. All right, Isaac. That was a lot for me. How did you uh, tame this beast? So I approached it as I'm in the same ballpark. I could just move the players around. It's still going to be the same game, though. 
Okay. So I wanted to call it Gundam Wing Meteor, but since that was taken now, <laughs> I feel like a more appropriate name might be Gundam Wing Squadron. Oh, there you go. Because okay. that's really what they function as. Oh, I like that. So here we go. Starts off pretty much the same way with the Alliance uh, unifying Earth and then moving on to take the colonies. Years pass, and the colonies send the Gundams to Earth during a meteor shower. That's oh. their cover. No problems getting to Earth. Everyone thinks it's a meteor shower. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> they really should have put that in the show. <laughs> I really wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> like, the colonies aren't stupid, right? They try to get their the actual, you know, property on Earth, the equipment. Well, the colonies must think Earth is pretty stupid because in the show, they're like, all right, send the Gundams in. Let's hope they don't notice. Like, we would notice today. Right. With, yeah. with our technology. And, uh, if you remember, like, Oz knew that there was something called Operation Meteor, and right. they immediately identified heroes, I think, because his was the most space weapon-looking one. <laughs> yeah, well, he also just, like, flew his straight into the atmosphere, kind of like a, an idiot. Everyone else's pod, maybe they could have been destroyed easily, um, but they, they safely made it to Earth. So, yeah, they'll actually use a meteor shower to kind of cover all the Gundams getting to Earth. But, Brian, and you know me as someone that always doubles down on something... And let us not forget, Gunna Wing is a boy band homage show. <laughs> Separately going to Earth at the same time, Brian, from the colonies, is L-Zero, the newest and hottest boy band in the Earth sphere, <laughs> with hits like Sand Rock Your World, oh, no. Zero Interest Baby, Scythe oh. Up My Soul, <laughs> Heavy Arms, Heavy Heart, <laughs> and Shen Longing For You. <laughs> Oh, I hope we get full versions of each of those on the OST. I'm going to need some some of our listeners to join in and give me the backup vocal. <laughs> but you know what? This works out great because like, we've come full circle, right? Because boy bands were popular back then, but now the, the K-pop bands are really popular. And it's kind of the same thing. That is exactly what I based them on with BTS, 2AM, all that stuff. I just said, you know what? K-pop to them is what the, the colonies boy bands are to us. So, you know, Earth Earth can't get enough of that music. So, of course, you know, the, the guys running the show at the Colony is part of this conspiracy. He said, we'll make a boy band, we'll send them to Earth. Okay, so, L-Zero's global tour is organized by their fan-turned-manager, Relena. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, Brian, their tour is scheduled to go across the world. They're going to have concerts in major cities that also happen to be near major Alliance military bases. Oh. But unfortunately for the Gundam pilots, Lady Un, Trey's, and Zex are hot on the heels of the Gundam and L-Zero, as they eventually deduce that the attacks on Alliance bases coordinate with L-Zero concert tour locations. Isn't that funny? Isn't that a funny coincidence? <laughs> How many attacks on their bases does it take for them to figure this out? <laughs> probably like five five attacks and then after a while they're like i mean in their defense like can you imagine like uh, i don't know being in some government you know military or intelligence agency meeting and you're like i think the boy band is responsible for the attacks oh yeah you, you would never be you'd taken be, seriously yeah you'd be laughed out of the room yeah. right you'd probably lose your rank yeah yeah we could probably do that in a few episodes where you know the alliance military is like you oz idiots <laughs> you know we know you're bad to ramafella but this is nonsense we can't even tolerate this get out of the meeting <laughs> 
I was thinking we we kind of 0079 this part of it, right? Where first they fight like a small military base and then, you know, one that's a little bit bigger and then a medium size and so on. But yep. along the way, they're fighting, you know, different alliance officers. They have like their own little experimental mobile suits, ace custom mobile suits. There's mm-hmm. different alliance aces they fight. Things like that that really, you know, gives it kind of a, they're fighting different sub bosses and kind of leveling up feel, right? Yeah, I like that. It would give the Alliance a little more character. One of, our, one of the listeners made a comment about that, too, about how the rest of the Alliance seemed to be sort of faceless. And right. I definitely agree with him. The only, we got that one episode with those two other guys. I forget what their names are now. But I guess that was like their attempt to make more people in the Alliance stand out. But then there was never any more. So it was just kind of like, oh, I guess they're all just Leos. Yeah, that was just, uh, oh, man. That's why we were writing this, people. Because <laughs> uh, we wanted to give it a try. <laughs> But throughout these battles, we always notice, Brian, that Oz units always seem to wisely leave before defeat. Mm. So, eventually, Brian, the Gundam pilots are just rampaging around the world, and the main alliance headquarters is targeted. But, under direct orders from Oz and Ramafeller, Lady Un, Trays, and Zex withhold the revelation that the L0 boy band are actually the pilots of the five Gundams and that an attack is imminent. So at this concert at the same city where the Alliance headquarters is, the Gundam pilots reveal themselves at the end of their concert with their new song, Hero Yui for You. (laughs) Then they launch into an attack at the headquarters. It's an epic battle, Brian. The Alliance pulls out all the stops. They let out their, their boss level units, suits, vehicles, mobile armors and weapons. The Alliance dictators seem really close to victory and they really heavily damage the Gundams. But guess who comes to save the day at the last minute, Brian? Is it Tuberoff? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ramafeller and Oz units attack, led by Trays and Zex. Turns out they launched this coup at the perfect moment. They take out the Alliance leadership and they help the Gundams in the end. Oh. What a stunning twist. How advantageous. But amid the ruins of the city, and there was a lot of like damage going on because, you know, the Alliance, they don't really care. They use whatever nah. massive beam weapons or whatever they, they, they wanted to. And who cares what civilians get killed? <laughs> so Ramafiller and Oz, they live stream all the humanitarian assistance are given out. Maybe there's mm. a, a bunch of white dolls with the red cross on it and handing out supplies or something, you know? Mm, yep, yep. <laughs> Ramaphilar and Oz, they declare themselves the new government, and they set out going around the world, helping all the ruined cities and battlefields that the Gundam left in their wake, and uh, they denounce the Alliance leadership as well, and whatever's left of the Alliance in general. They put all the blame for civilian casualties and collateral damage on the Gundams. Meanwhile in space, Brian, and despite the protests of the Gundam engineers, the colony leaders open themselves up to diplomacy with Ramafeller and Oz, and they also agree that the Gundams were ultimately destructive and violent. Can you believe that? Alienated. Just like the show, yep. Backstabbed your own team. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oz and Ramafeller go into space, start securing colonies one by one with handshakes and all that. They try to form a new Earth Sphere government. But guess what, Brian? They're starting to have these terrorist attacks around different colonies aside with Oz and Ramafeller. Uh-oh. They're being done by a group called White Fang. White Fang declares itself the true liberators of Earth and the colonies from the Alliance. And they also announced that they are really the true force behind creating the Gundams. They want their credit. <laughs> <laughs> they did all the work in the group project, Brian, and they want their credit. <laughs> we should get the A. Everybody gets a C. 
Rockefeller did nothing. They put their yeah. name on it the night before. They did the conclusion, the easiest part. Rockefeller's the rich kid in class that like paid for the essay. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't read anything. All right. So white fang mobile suits start rising up and striking at Oz and Rockefeller in space. The Gundam pilots are pretty confused at this point, so they figure, well, there's no point staying on Earth. Let's head into space and protect our home colonies. Looks like there's fighting all around the colonies. So they go into space, and um, while in space, it becomes clear that despite their home turf advantage, White Fang mobile suits are no match for the growing number of Oz mobile dolls. Mm -hmm. But at this time, Trey's who's realizing that mobile dolls are really becoming the majority and uh, sidelining the regular run-of-the-mill Oz units, decides that it's time to launch a coup. So he launches a coup against her mail. He gives his usual little speech about, you know, human pilots and dolls are terrible, machines for war, and blah, blah, blah. And he actually takes control of Oz and Rommelfeller at this point. Dermail dies, but Stuberov and Dorothy manage to get away. Does Trey's killed Dermail, or how, how does he die? I, I assume, you know, in the shooting, and, okay. you know, Dermail, he's probably going to jump into a shuttle the moment the shooting starts. Got it. So yeah. in the chaos, somebody shot that shuttle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine Trey wouldn't try to shoot him, even if they disagree. He'd rather, you know, probably arrest him and stuff like that. But <laughs> Maybe, ironically, the shuttle was shot down by a Leo when it finally hit something. That would be very ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Trey's and his faction vow that they're going to end White Fang, and they're going to bring peace to the Earth Sphere. Okay, they're going to be the ones to do it. Okay. The Gundam pilots, they get kind of divided at this point. Some of them are, you know, their home colonies are underneath White Fang's control. Other ones have sided with Oz. So they mm. kind of split up to a degree, and they even got mixed messages from the Gundam engineers. I like that. It, it, it's just a world of chaos for them, even in space. But at this time, since Relena doesn't really have much to do, she decides to go back to her roots <laughs> She's a peacecraft after all, so she's going to restart the Sang Kingdom and show people on Earth and space how to how to live through pacifism, Brian. <laughs> well, turns out Trace doesn't really like that, so he decides <laughs> to attack the Sang Kingdom, just like in the original series. And despite knowing doing her best, it turns out the Sang Kingdom really can't withstand all of uh, Oz and Ramafeller's forces on Earth. Uh, about the same time, though, it turns out that Trace was actually helped by White Fang, who gave him information that there's another peacecraft within his own ranks, Brian. Oh. Can you believe that? So he does not know that Zex is a, a peacecraft in this? Nope. Oh, okay. He had no idea. So it turns out Zex is the peacecraft, his right-hand man this whole time. Out of nowhere. Yeah, but Zex moves pretty quickly, and he decides to steal Epion, which is right under development, just got finished. He rescues Noin and Relena, gets them out of the Saint Kingdom as it starts to fall. So they head off into space, but Relena, she's not going to join White Fang. She says she can't go along with Zex's plans to uh, get revenge, so she kind of books it. So Zex joins White Fang much the same way. Mm-hmm. Underneath Canes, of course, Relena joins with the Gunnapites again, and they vow to bring peace to their sphere for all people. Zex, now calling himself Miliardo, decides to destroy Earth and punish them for destroying the Saint Kingdom twice now. <laughs> He's had to watch this twice, if you think about it. <laughs> He's had it. Yeah, once wasn't good enough. So under Zex's leadership, White Fang seizes Oz Lunar Factories, and they begin manufacturing their own mobile dolls to turn the tide against Oz in space. The Gundam pilots briefly join White Fang's side, 
because some officers at barge decide to uh, do what should have been done and they destroy <laughs> a lot of white fang uh, mobile dolls, but at the same time also destroy some colonies. Oh, with the cannon. Yeah, with the barge cannon. Oh, wow, okay. Barge gets destroyed, though, by the Gundams, and, you know, the other colonies are saved for now. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Oz has lost a lot of legitimacy in space. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, so Trace has to deal with that, even though he was against using the cannon, but, you know, in space, whoever was in command of that base probably wanted to live. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, while Trace is dealing with the aftermath of that and looking like a, a villain even more so, White Fang uses Barge as an excuse to create Libra in the name of defending the colonies. So the final battle begins as Trace takes Earth's forces into space to fight White Fang at the Battle of Libra, where the Gundam pilots, realizing both sides are pretty much super weapon happy at this point, decide to fight both sides. Trace dies during the battle, and the Earth forces are defeated. Does he still duel Wu Fei and die, or any particular way? I found it meaningless because of how meaningless their their discussions became at a certain point. <laughs> so maybe he fights Wu Fei and dies. Maybe he, I don't know, uh, in, in, ironically gets killed by a doll. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Libra gets destroyed. Wing Zero and Epion have their ending, you know, epic battle. White Fang also gets their leaders destroyed, Canes. And, um, you know, once Libra's gone, the colonies call for peace with Earth. And it ends much the same way. I love the I love the band bend. <laughs> That's an obvious thing that I should have seen. That's a good one. That was my way of bringing them together and also explaining how they're able to rampage around the world while staying together. It right. gives them the perfect excuse, I thought, and it kind of modernizes and lampshades the whole boy band thing. <laughs> I also like the schism, I'll call it, when maybe some of their colonies are under White Fang and some are under Oz. It's a really interesting scenario that I don't think we really had in the show. Yeah, would have been good. Maybe they even have a few battles against each other or something. But yeah, for the most part, I think they just want to be loyal to their home colony. For my endless waltz rewrite, L-Zero begins a new world tour as Earth enjoys peace under President Rolena. However, an attack begins by the Barton Foundation, who are dropping the ruins of Libra and several colonies onto Earth. Oh, so Libra's still out there just floating around and he's like, I'm going to go push it on you. I mean, there's husk of colonies up there. There's probably, like, the ruins of Barge. You know, there's things you could push around that are pretty big. That's true. So, faced with no choice, President Relina surrenders to Marimea, who we actually saw throughout the rewrite series that I did, but only as a baby. Now she's old enough to speak. Mm. So, the drop operation is stopped because Relina surrenders. The Gundam pilots, they realize that the small Marimea army is really thinly stretched, and they quickly work to rescue their, their Gundams that are not on course to the sun, <laughs> but instead have been just kind of mothballed, right? Yes. You know, maybe they're going to be disassembled at some point, but they're, they're, they're in just like a, a military depot for stuff that they're going to eventually get rid of. Yeah, in storage, you know? Yeah. Just under lock and key. Exactly. Not in the sun. <laughs> yeah, not, not on a course to the sun. Yeah. God, what happened to the rest of the mobile suits? Were they all sent to the sun? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that never got answered. Anyways. All right. So the Gundam pilots quickly work to rescue their Gundams and take them into battle in space. The Gundam pilots fight the Mary Maya army at each drop operation before returning to the Earth capital to save Relena and stop the Mary Maya army occupation force. The Gundam pilots save Relena and they defeat the Marimea army at the capital. However, 
as they defeat Marimea and they confront her, Barton is revealed to be a human-sized doll, Brian. Oh, wow. Under the control of Dorothy, who has secretly been operating from Luna this whole time. Oh, jeez. Dorothy was really puppeteering this whole thing. Wow. And, of course, Dorothy, announcing her return, reactivates the Luna factories, and out comes gun dolls. Ooh. Dorothy explains that she wanted to see Earth mostly intact and try to do it the easiest way she could, using a puppet like Mary Maya. But now, she'll just destroy the colonies and even Earth with her rampaging gun dolls that are not only based on the Gundams, but they have AI built from the Gundam pilots. See, that makes a lot of sense, because remember in that one episode, they were like, they made Duo fight the Curious in the, in the Vi-8 with yeah. uh, Hero and Troa's stuff. I was like, why don't we just put that in all the dolls, if that's the yeah. best one you have? <laughs> like, just, you know, Control-C and Control-V a few times and yeah. put that in all the dolls, and you'll win. I mean, in their defense, though, the engineers were clearly running that, so maybe they did something where you couldn't do that. Mm, could be. If, if Tubrov was there, he would have controlled C all night, right? <laughs> I love the name Gundolls, by the way. That's a good use. Thanks. And I just imagine them looking like, you know, a, a doll version of each Gundam. You know, they, they kind of yeah. streamlined it. You know, they, they very mass produced it. It's, it is what it is. It's exactly what it says on the label. <laughs> so the Gundam pilots fight their way through Earth and the colonies to Luna, where they defeat very advanced mobile armors under Dorothy's direct control through a zero system. In this point, the Gundam pilots are actually defeated by Dorothy, Brian. Oh, no. That AI just got so much better. We really reached the peak. We reached the point where the machines are better than man. To what degree are they are they defeated? Are their Gundams uh, destroyed or they're not destroyed outright? But you know, just can't move. Weapons destroyed. Things like Set that. Pack the, the cockpit's kind of intact. You know, they're they're probably roughed up inside the cockpit. But yeah, you know, they're they're out of commission. Okay. Only the arrival of President Relena manages to convince Dorothy to not follow in Dermale's footsteps and instead to try for peace. Oh. Dorothy agrees, stands down her armies, and the Gundams ceremoniously destroy the Gundal factories, bringing peace to the Earth's sphere. Wow, that's a very diplomatic ending. I wanted Relena to have an ending where it's her victory fully. We yeah. see the series end twice. First, the series itself, where it ends with Relena and pacifism winning. That doesn't work out. Then we see it happen again, where it ends with Relena and pacifism winning. So I wanted this to just happen once. Got it. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. It turns out that Relena and pacifism do have their you know effectiveness. They they get their moment in the sun. Yeah, well, it goes with the theme of the show, right? If the theme of the show yeah. is pacifism works, then that really flips the expectations on the table, right? You you expect the big finale to be like using force to win, you know, with your with your Gundams. Yeah, I really wanted to kind of hammer in that. You know, the whole reason everybody transitioned to dolls by the end of the series was because they're better at the end of the day. Right. So it makes no sense to go back to humans in Endless Waltz. If anything, the dolls would just get better if someone was working on them the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, that's, absolutely. That's why, that's why Dorothy shows up and the dolls win. You know, they defeat the Gundams, which were kind of built for the previous war and not this current war. So Yeah, which makes total sense because you think that if you were to have an Endless Waltz and, and Barton was to pick up where Cans left off, wouldn't he be like, all right, let's boot up the doll program and, and make it a little better, not start from scratch and put these guys in serpents? Yeah, at the same time, though, he was really relying on all those trace troops. So... 
True. They're they're very anti doll. Yeah. I don't know. He could he could do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he could have. He could have been like, all right, we'll send in you guys as leaders, but I'll I'll have a small group of dolls. <laughs> I like that in your version, they are kind of the they're a puppet army. Yeah, they're kind of like the fake out army, right? Like you think they're the threat, and then really yeah. there's a much much bigger one. They're pretty much the cannon fodder. Dorothy was counting on using, but when that didn't work out, she was like, I guess I gotta. I, she she had, she had a Thanos it. Um. Right. Yeah. That's the secret, people. You got a Thanos it, you know? I'd really like a scene with a waltz. By that, I mean Dorothy's by herself wearing her, like, you know, zero system helmet. Uh-huh. And she's, like, waltzing alone because mm. it's pretty much just her at the at Luna. And you see, like, the ghost of Dermale dancing with her. Oh. That's maybe maybe even Tuberov. Something creepy like Creepiest, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe Tuberov lives in there. Something like that. Or, I don't know. She's probably just recollecting about... She's kind of the only one left of their faction, right? Romofeller yeah. and Oz are kind of gone. So, she should have a scene like that. That that should be the waltz. No, I like that because it fits Dorothy that she's this very cerebral person who maybe... She, she doesn't really open up to anyone in the show. Yeah, and the closest we got was her kind of breakdown at the end, right? But... Yeah. Yeah, that was just so weird anyways. <laughs> that she was even with them. <laughs> <laughs> I also like in your version that you would have introduced Marimea in the series. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Again, part of what I didn't like about Endless Walls was it just, it felt so, like, tacked on. Yeah. Because you don't know either Marimea or Deccan Barton, right? If you knew at least one of them, it would have felt a little more natural. Yeah, so if you introduce Marimea before in the series, then I think that could go a long way to making Endless Walls feel a little more connected. Yeah, and you could have done it so easily, too. If you remember that scene where there's a baby walking on, like, a little dock, a little pier? Oh, yeah. When he stops that woman from rushing to the baby, you could have just put in like a three second line where Trey says, Marimea has to make her own decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And then in Endless Waltz, her minds are blown. We're like, oh my God, that's she grew up. She didn't yeah, fall totally. in the water. <laughs> Trey's was right. She, yeah. <laughs> she grew up to be her own woman. <laughs> she actually has an irrational fear of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ending. The ending is like signs, you know, when like water gets spilled on her and she goes, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Instead of her and uh, Lady Un at the cemetery, it's like Lady Un trying to teach her to swim. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping into the kiddie pool. She's like, my father said I had to make my own decision. (laughs) I choose not to swim. Uh, so that's it brian i i think we did pretty good jobs i like it i, I like think we it. should mash our ideas together <laughs> <laughs> and actually make it <laughs> gundam wing version two coming to netflix 2027 gundam wing meteor squad <laughs> it sounds like there needs to be a toy line called gundam wing meteor squad i could see that at target for sure you know what's actually going to outsell that though hmm. it's going to be the playlist for l0 the <laughs> boy band yeah. from the space colony <laughs> Do you picture the the pilots uh, looking like a K-pop band? I imagine they they kind of switch, right? Like they oh, okay. they got their kind of K-pop persona, and then they also they're they're quick to jump into like you know pilot suits and actually battle it out and you know kind of put on their their pilot faces. That's a good idea. I would like that because then you get a you get an excuse to have the like pretty boy designs, but then they don't always look that way. Like in you know in the series, right? They just always look the same way, right? Like Tro's hair was always fabulous. Duo had that braid down to like his knees. They if they like switched their personas a bit when it was time to to do battle, I think that would I don't know, give them a little more character. Yeah, that opens up so many episode ideas too. You can have an episode where. They're having a concert and they're, I don't know, doing a meet and greet with some fans and 
some of them are young young pilots you know young male yeah. and female pilots and then it turns out by the end of the episode they're fighting them oh that's that's pretty like <laughs> yeah it's, it's very iron-blooded Oof. orphans <laughs> yeah that's a little morbid yeah, you can also have episodes where they're being interviewed and, um, you know, there's like five Alliance officers interviewing them and guess who else is interviewing them? It's Zex. Oh, yeah. They let something slip and Zex kind of catches on that something's not adding up, but the Alliance officers are like, oh, this is all just for formality, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, hey, can I get a, an autograph for my daughter or something like that? <laughs> that kind of leads into the investigation. That the, Their story doesn't always hold up depending on who's asking, mainly Oz. Yeah, I like that, yeah. And they could even be invited to do like a base show, kind of like the old uh, USO tours. Exactly, yeah. Perfect opportunity to ambush. Like, oh, thanks for inviting us. <laughs> and then just blow them up. Would it be better if there's like a kind of a sliding scale of like the Alliance finally taking it seriously? Like, um, <laughs> first Zach says, you know, I think L-Zero might be tied to the attacks. And they like just kind of laugh him out of the room. And then Lady Un says it, and like the Alliance leaders are kind of like more dismissive. They're like, that's a ridiculous thing. Just leave, you idiot. <laughs> you know, they get angry. And then when Trey's finally brings it up, at that point, they're like, well, maybe we should look into this, but it's too late. <laughs> I think you have to have them have Zex and Trey's once they start to be believers. I think you have to have them go ask the guy that they already kicked out of the military for bringing it up. And then see like what he's doing. You know, maybe now he's like like a clerk at a store, like like a grocery store, <laughs> and they have to you know go talk to him incognito because they don't want to be caught talking to this guy. It could be like a funny episode. He works at the merch store for El Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. And he's like, "Oh, General Trey's. I knew you'd come. I'm I've still been doing reconnaissance. I went undercover." <laughs> Look at the numbers on these barcodes. They <laughs> correspond to the number of rounds fired. <laughs> he has to have the, the house, you know, with all the stuff on the walls that's connected. Oh, yeah. There's like red thread. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just gone insane. <laughs> yep. And Zex is just like, we shouldn't be here, Trey. <laughs> Maybe each episode should end with a new L-Zero song. <laughs> oh, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to make a, a full you know, two disc L-Zero playlist. It'd be cool if they made songs that like referenced Ramafeller and Oz and stuff like that. The Alliance, right? Like, oh, yeah. Kind of sure. like colony protest in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ramafeller is a good word, too. You could definitely make something out of that. Ramafeller, like tell her it's Ramafeller. I don't know. <laughs> so- he's loaded with cash. And that's how you know he's a Ramafeller. <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are there. It's endless, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so listeners... Those are our, our uh, Gun and Wing rewrites. Let us know your thoughts. Love it. Hate it. Somewhere in between. What are your ideas? How would you rewrite Gun and Wing uh, you know, from start to finish? Is, would you leave it the same? Would you do a heavy rewrite? Would you scrap it? Would you do a light touch? And most of all, send Isaac your L-Zero <laughs> song ideas and song titles. And lyrics if he wrote them. <laughs> and if you want to perform them, that's fine too. Yeah, just be sure to send a link to your YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, here's the deal, listeners. If you send in an L Zero song with lyrics, Isaac will sing it for you on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when, but it will be sung. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll duet it someday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll harmonize it when we make the album. But uh, yeah, don't forget. Also, if you want to do an endless waltz rewrite, you're welcome to do that too. Take us away, Isaac. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Before you go to bed tonight, stand next to your bed. Put your hands together. Get on your knees. Look up at the ceiling. Inhale the Ramafeller Foundation. 
You asked me to go out, and I said maybe. But guess what? I got zero interest, baby. <laughs> Good night, everybody.